Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Good morning. I'm Deb Valentine with your early news. Here's your top five at five. This is the top five at five. Dire warnings about the new Omicron variant. These warnings from the nation's top infectious disease specialist and the head of the CDC. Oh, we've got a shocker for you this morning from Democratic President Joe Biden. Praise, yes, praise for former Republican President Donald Trump. Well, Democrats, it seems, aren't done chewing up and spitting out U.S. Senator Joe Manchin out of West Virginia. They say they'll play hardball to get him to vote for that $2 trillion Build Back Better agenda. And New York City Mayor-elect Eric Adams is pushing back. He is already at odds with some New York City council members who do not want him to reinstate solitary confinement at Rikers Island Jail. Hey, SNL fans, you probably don't want to hear this, but an SNL icon creator, Lorne Michaels, may be making his exodus after a half a decade on the show. All right, Omicron, the COVID-19 variant spreading like wildfire. Now, we have warnings from top health officials here in the U.S., Dr. Anthony Fauci. The nation's top infectious disease expert says... Omicron, of course, the latest COVID-19 variant originating in South Africa, is spreading at an unprecedented speed. This is unprecedented to see this rapidity with which any individual virus spreads throughout the world. It is really extremely unusual. It's a doubling time of two to three days, closer to two days, which means that if you start off with a few percentage of the isolates being Omicron, and you do the math and double that every couple of days, it's not surprising that just a week or two ago, we had only 8 to 10 percent, and now we have 73 percent of all the isolates are Omicron. And that is up just 12 percent from the week before. Dr. Fauci worried, of course, about the effects of Omicron on the U.S. health system, and can the system handle it? The good news, though, as Fauci does say, symptoms are usually more mild. And the head of the CDC, as you know, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, said people boosted are 20, 20 times less likely to die of COVID than people who are unvaccinated. And the first U.S.-based Omicron COVID-19 death recorded on Monday in Texas. It was a man who was unvaccinated between the ages of 50 and 60. More than a quarter million COVID-19 cases recorded Monday. The first time since early September the mark was reached in New York, New Jersey, the Midwest, the Southeast, the Gulf Coast, and the Northwest. The Omicron variant now accounts for 90% of new cases. Well, this is a switch. President Joe Biden yesterday may have seen his press conference, heard about it here on 77 WABC, actually praising former President Donald Trump on Tuesday. Biden praising Trump for going public with the news that he has received a COVID-19 booster shot. 
Biden also credited the Trump administration with helping roll out COVID vaccines against the deadly virus. Let me be clear. Thanks to the prior administration and our scientific community, America is one of the first countries to get the vaccine. And thanks to my administration and the hard work of Americans, we led a rollout that made America among the world leaders in getting shots in arms. And just the other day, Biden added former President Trump announced he had gotten his booster shot. Maybe one of the few things he and I agree on. Trump was at an event in Dallas Sunday with 77 WABC host Bill O'Reilly when he announced that, yes, he got a booster shot, but that was booze from the crowd. Both the president and I are vaxxed. And uh, did you get the booster? Yes. I got it, too. Okay, so... Um, oh, don't, 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 no, no. That's all. This is a very tiny group of it. <laughs> right. The Trump administration, of course, helped develop three U.S.-approved COVID-19 vaccines. The feds poured billions into research through Operation Warp Speed. More than 800,000 Americans have now died of COVID during the viral pandemic. Well, Democrats are turning up the heat on West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin. His promised no vote on President Biden's $2 trillion Build Back Better agenda has stalled, of course. It includes many social and climate agendas in that spending plan. Manchin said he has already been harassed and targeted to wit's end by White House staff, and now Democrats are threatening to drive a wedge between Manchin and his many lower-income constituents. Democratic strategist Steve Jarding said Manchin is going to blow up the president's agenda. Jarding uh, did add, so I think you have to play hardball, but there are different ways to play hardball, Jarding added. Manchin is making them, and of course he's referring to Democrats, look ineffective. Well, New York City's incoming mayor, Eric Adams, has not, of course, been sworn in yet as mayor of New York City. That doesn't happen until January 1st, but he and the New York City Council are already at odds. Adams wants to reverse current New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio's no solitary confinement policy at Rikers Jail. So now 29 city council members are once again pushing a bill that would bar the practice of solitary confinement. Adams ripped into city council lawmakers on Tuesday. Adams said, I am not going to be in a city where dangerous people assault innocent people, go to jail and assault more people. Adams told reporters after an unrelated press conference in front of Rockefeller Center. You cannot have a jail system where someone sexually assault a staffer slash an inmate and then say, it is all right, I'm going to give you an iPad and just hug you and say, don't do it again. All right. And the New York City Corrections Officers Union president did respond. We're going to have that after we check in with Joe Nolan with a look on the roads and the rails. Hey, Joe. And good morning, Deb. Good morning, everybody. And we're starting out on the Bruckner Expressway northbound on 149th Street. There's an accident up there. It's in the process of being cleared up and out of the way. We do have a problem in Westfield, New Jersey, on Central Avenue between Sycamore Road and Grove Street. Apparently an accident investigation there from an overnight collision. Other than that, though, really not doing all that badly. Things seem to be moving along pretty well. And alternate side of the street parking rules and regulations, at least up to now, are going to be in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, and we've got a 30% chance of rain continuing until about 10 this morning. Cloudy through mid-morning, but then it clears. Is turning sunny, the high 46 and a mostly clear of a night, the low down to 30. So, yeah, the New York City Corrections Officers Union president, as you know, Benny Bosco and uh, 
He was on Cats at Night right here on 77 WABC with our owner, John Katsimatidis, and he reacted to what Adams had to say about uh, reversing Mayor de Blasio's no solitary confinement policy at Rikers. It was truly a breath of fresh air to see him at that press conference and say these things that, you know, us as law enforcement officers will finally be supported um, by our mayor, by our city, you know, he gets it. He He's a law, former law enforcement officer of 20 years, um, and he gets it. Okay, of course, Adam's a former NYPD officer. And you might remember, much of this debate over the practice erupted because of the infamous Khalif Browder case. If you're not familiar with it, Browder actually committed suicide in 2015 following a three-year stint at Rikers, uh, including two in solitary confinement. For allegedly stealing only a backpack, the Bronx District Attorney ultimately dropped those charges against Browder. Well, hey, SNL fans, you don't want to hear this. It ain't so, right, fans? You probably will be uh, a little dismayed by this. SNL creator, as you know, Lauren Michaels, well, he may be leaving the show that he created. Michaels says, I have a feeling that it would be a really good time to leave after the show's 50th anniversary season. Now, that's not until 2024. Michaels is now 77 years old, and he's been with the show since its inception back in 1975. And, of course, Michaels has worked with comedy legends like John Belushi and Chevy Chase. And he also launched the careers of people like Bill Murray and Tina Fey. So uh, he made these comments about uh, possibly retiring while speaking with Gail King on CBS this morning. I won't want the show ever to be bad. I care too deeply about it. It's been my life's work, so I'm going to do everything I can to see it carry on and carry on uh, well. Could there be a Saturday Night Live without Lauren Michaels? Yeah, I, of course. And this comes days after the NBC hit show SNL forced to close its doors on its audience over fears about the Omicron COVID-19 variant. Well, shouts, uh, let's go. Brandon disrupted Democratic House Speaker Nancy Pelosi yesterday. She was in uh, San Francisco, of course, where she has a home. It happened as she was promoting President Joe Biden's doomed Build Back Better agenda in San Francisco. This is, this is it. So, in any case, Mark, this, Mark, this I hope he's not one of my constituents. <laughs> and now, of course, let's go, Brandon. It's an insult to President Biden. It means F Joe Biden, often used by those on the right. Pelosi seemed to be taken aback for just a moment. She didn't even bother to acknowledge the let's go, Brandon remark. Her office was asked about it. The office did not immediately respond to an after hours email either. Of course, the phrase let's go, Brandon, began at an October 2nd NASCAR race at the Talladega Super Speedway in Alabama. Brandon Brown, 20 years old driver, had uh, won his first Xfinity series and he was being interviewed by an NBC sports reporter and the crowd behind him was chanting something at first difficult to make out. And the reporter suggested at the time they were chanting, let's go, Brandon, to cheer the driver. But it became increasingly clear they were saying F Joe Biden. Well, disgraced New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's crony Joe Prococo has gotten his get out of jail card. Prococo now released from federal prison quietly two years early. 
Prococo has been transferred from a lockup in upstate New York now to a halfway house. And authorities are not saying just where that location is. It's all under wraps. The Federal Residential Reentry Office has not said why Prococo was sprung early either. Prococo is serving a six-year sentence, you might remember, for pocketing more than $300,000 in a pair of pay-to-play corruption schemes. His sentence actually ends in April of 2024, according to the U.S. Bureau of Prisons website. Now, under federal law, inmates are eligible to spend up to 12 months in a halfway house before being released from custody. So we'll see what happens with Percoco. And, of course, Andrew Cuomo resigned back in August after New York State Attorney General Letitia James' scathing report found that he had actually sexually harassed 11 women. And the Albany Times Union credited with first reporting that uh, Percoco was no longer at the uh, prison and into the halfway house. Well, not only are voters now expressing disappointment with President Joe Biden as seen as in his ever sinking poll numbers that we've been telling you about. Now voters are even going a bit further. Voters say they believe congressional Democrats have accomplished less than they expected since taking control of both the U.S. House and the Senate. This new uh, poll out uh, was done by Morning Consult and Politico. It found that 41% of respondents believe Democrats in Congress accomplished less than they expected. And only 10% of respondents told the poll they accomplished more than they expected. And roughly 32% said the lawmakers in Congress have accomplished about what they expected. The poll was done from December 18th to the 20th, so it's recent. It found that 42% of voters believe Biden has accomplished less than expected, and 11% said he accomplished more. Roughly 38% say he accomplished what they expected. Of course, uh, Joe Biden's uh, Build Back Better agenda, $2 trillion stalled in Congress, and besides his no vote stalling that agenda, Here's something else for U.S. Senator Joe Manchin, a Democrat out of West Virginia, to think about over the holidays. Four Senate Republicans are backing Minority Leader leader Mitch McConnell, of course, of Kentucky, and letting Senator Manchin know he is welcome in the Republican Party. Senator John Cornyn, he's a Republican out of Texas, told a reporter at KXAN in Austin Tuesday that he had sent a note to Manchin about switching parties. Now, he also said it would be the greatest Christmas gift. Of course, as you know, the U.S. Senate split 50-50. And Cornyn's fellow Texas Republican, Senator Ted Cruz, said he thinks Manchin made the right decision by opposing what Cruz called Biden's Build Back Broke Bill. All right, WABC News Time 515. Justin Ellick in the house with a look at sports. Good morning, Justin. Morning, Deb. Happy Wednesday, is it right? Yes, Wednesday. Yes, that's right. It's hump day. Happy Wednesday. Feels a little weird because we did some football last night. Um, so I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update with what's got to be one of the longest weeks in league history. The NFL's Week 15 finally came to a close last night. The Seahawks were unable to pull off the upset in Los Angeles against the Rams as wide receiver Cooper Cup continued to set the world on fire with his nine catches for 136 yards and two touchdowns. Behind that Stafford to Cup connection, the Rams were eventually able to pull away for a 20-10 victory at home. 
To South Philadelphia we go, where a tale of two halves saw the Eagles fall down 10 nothing early to a decimated Washington football team propelled by journeyman and career practice squad quarterback Garrett Gilbert. The Boo Birds at Lincoln Financial Field would eventually knock the Eagles into shape as that 10 nothing deficit quickly turned into a 10-point lead by the end of the third quarter. The Birds continued to dominate the ground game behind Miles Sanders' 18 carries for 131 yards. They've gone seven straight games with 175 rushing yards or more and show no signs of slowing down. It's been nearly 40 years since the Chicago Bears were the last NFL team to reach that mark during the 1985 season. Since the Nets game last night uh, against the Washington Wizards was postponed and hockey is shut down until after Christmas, the Knicks were the only show in town as they battled the Detroit Pistons at the Garden. The duo of Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier proved to pack a big punch, and 21 points from Julius Randle didn't hurt either, en route to a 105-91 Knicks win. The moment Mets fans have been waiting for, shiny brand-new manager Buck Showalter was introduced by team president Sandy Alderson last night via a Zoom press conference. Here's what Buck had to say about his new gig. The Mets are very precious to him, uh, the fans. Uh, they're precious to me. The things it's a it's a great charge to keep that that we have ahead of us, and uh, it's going to be a priority, you know, from day one to put a product out there that everybody can be proud of. You know, there's going to be people when we're on the West Coast uh, staying up to one or two o'clock in the morning to see how the Mets did or do, and you know, I just want everybody to embrace that responsibility. We'll see if Showalter is the missing piece Steve Cohen has been looking for. Back to the NBA for a second. Commissioner Adam Silver has told ESPN that he has no plans to put the season on hold amid recent COVID-19 surges. The NHL is the only major sports league to do so thus far, as they will return to play on December 27th. Let's hope for the best in that regard. With your early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Justin. Let's head over to Joe Nolan with Traffic and Transit. All right, Deb, we've got an overturned tractor trailer now in Newark. This is going to be on the eastbound side of 78. The local lanes, as you get to Route 21, there is an overturned tractor trailer. So that ramp uh, that uh, you know you take a million times if you ever go to a Devils game getting into downtown Newark, that ramp is shut down because of that overturned tractor trailer. So heading eastbound, you've got a little bit of a problem. That'll cause delays. We're seeing delays. Nothing terrible, though, as you come up through lower Brooklyn, just slow traffic. Again, a lot of that because of the rain, also the road work, as you get up towards the area of the Brooklyn Bridge. If you're inbound on the LIE, same kind of thing through Queens Boulevard. A little bit of slow traffic, mainly because of the wet road surfaces. Mass Transit's in pretty good shape on the Bruckner southbound. Uh, make that northbound an accident on 149th Street. And alternate side, once again today, is going to be in effect. And this report is a service of the U.S. Virgin Islands. The U.S. Virgin Islands are calling no passport for U.S. citizens, no converting currency, no destination more inviting than St. Croix, St. John, and St. Thomas, because this, my friend, is the American Caribbean. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic on Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Joe, and keep it here to 77 WABC for updates on that overturned tractor trailer. Your weather, well, this annoying drizzle should end by about 10 o'clock this morning, cloudy through mid-morning, then it clears. Today's high is 46, tonight's low 30 with mostly clear skies. Well, Frank Diaz is here to my left, and he has your business report. Hi, good morning, Deb. Uh, you know, this uh, just another indication of a lot of volatility in the market. Stocks are higher on Wall Street after three days of losses, brought on by worries of the spread of Omicron and lingering concerns about rising inflation. S&P 500 rose about a percent and a half. The Dow Jones, another percent and a half. The NASDAQ rose about 1.7 percent. 
Small company stocks rose more than the rest of the market, a signal that investors are feeling a bit more optimistic about the economy. Prices for ultra-safe U.S. government bonds fell, sending yields higher. Energy prices also rose. Nike, one of the 30 stocks in the Dow, jumped 6% after turning in strong quarterly results. Well, some not-so-good news. The Omicron variant has unleashed fresh round of fear and uncertainty for travelers, shoppers, partygoers, and the economy as a whole. Well, as we know, the Rockettes have canceled their Christmas show in New York. Some London restaurants have emptied out. Uh, Broadway shows are being canceled. Uh, even hockey suspended games until after Christmas. And, uh, you know, cities like Boston, they plan on requiring diners and, you know, party goers, revelers, and shoppers to show proof of vaccination to enter restaurants, bars, and stores. A heightened sense of anxiety has begun to erode the willingness of some people and some businesses to carry on as usual in the face of Omicron, which has become the dominant version of the virus in the U.S. Well, Deb, tell me, have you ever wanted a time travel to see the origins of our universe? Oh, I would I would love to. I watched Back to the Future probably six times. I love Back to the Future. Well, NASA's uh, James Webb Space Telescope could probably help you do that, at least in sort of a metaphorical sense. The telescope is launching uh, soon, becoming the most powerful telescope in space. The $10 billion project is scheduled to launch on Christmas after a few delays and is designed to see objects 10 to 100 times fainter than what the Hubble Space Telescope can see, according to a NASA fact sheet. It's going to set up about 1 million miles from Earth to start sending pictures of whatever is out there, you know, black holes, alien planets, you name it. Well, hopefully next year. Where's Frank Morano when you need him? I know. I was just going to say that's right up his alley. He loves those kind of stories. Well, he should have talked about. He'll talk about. He'll probably talk about. We'll this talk tomorrow. to him later. Yeah. Well, the Hubble's telescope launched uh, in uh, low orbit Earth around uh, 31 years ago in April of 1990. Over three decades since, the famous observatory has expanded our view of the cosmos and held our attention with just some beautiful images of space over the years. All right. Thank you for that, Frank. No and, problem. And and you have to go find Mr. Morano now if he hasn't left. Tell him about that. Hey, so, Frank. Hey, come, Frank. Uh, come, come, <laughs> come talk about telescopes tomorrow. All right. Now, before the break, we were telling you about uh, Senate Republicans who are backing Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and letting Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia know, hey, come over to our Republican Party. So we mentioned, too, uh, besides Mitch McConnell, Senator John Cornyn, and uh, fellow Texas Republican Senator Ted Cruz. And if you are wondering who the other two are, they are Senator Tom Cotton out of uh, Arkansas and U.S. Senator Bill Haggerty of Tennessee. Well, Omicron, yes, it has thrown a monkey's wrench into incoming New York City Mayor-elect Eric Adams' plans for his inaugural celebration. He's actually postponed his January 1st inaugural plan for Brooklyn's historic King's Theater. And he says, of course, it's due to rising COVID-19 cases driven by Omicron. He made the announcement in a press release along with city comptroller-elect Brad Lander and re-elected public advocate Jamani Williams. The trio says the inaugural event will be held at a later date. They also say health and safety first. Adams, Lander, and Williams said we encourage all New Yorkers to get vaccinated, get boosted, and get tested. Well, Staten Island Republican Nicole Maliotakis has tested positive for COVID-19. She, of course, also represents a portion of Brooklyn. The assemblywoman uh, turned a congresswoman is said to have just mild symptoms and resting at home. She's actually the fifth member of Congress now to test positive for COVID-19. We don't know if it's the Omicron variant or not. And Maliotakis' spokesperson confirms the congresswoman is experiencing just mild symptoms and also quarantining at home. 
Maliotakis is vaccinated, so this is a breakthrough case, but she says she has not yet received her COVID-19 booster shot. Well, you may have heard there are talk of more huge lockdowns that we saw at the beginning of the viral pandemic, all due to the Omicron variant. But New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio Tuesday reinforced his pledge not not to impose a new COVID-19 lockdown, similar to what we saw at the beginning of the viral pandemic. He also announced a $100 incentive for people in the five boroughs to get a booster shot vaccination. Limited time opportunity, but exactly the time we need New Yorkers to go out and get their booster. This will be by far the biggest booster incentive program in the United States of America. And I want to see New Yorkers respond. This is the moment. Come out in real big numbers. Get those booster shots and help make your family safer and help make this whole city safer. All right. So, yeah, 100 bucks to get your jab. This $100 incentive being offered at City Run. Vaccination sites until the end of this year. There's more on that at NYC.gov. And the mayor said, adamantly, I feel this, no more shutdowns. Well, we were wondering about President Biden yesterday, who coughed right through his speech on COVID-19 yesterday, his afternoon speech yesterday. But he insists that he is negative for COVID. He'll be tested again today, too. And uh, Biden yesterday announcing 500 million free at-home COVID-19 tests. They'll go out in the mail in January. And uh, Biden did tell vaccinated Americans they can enjoy Christmas safely. And the president insisted we are not going back to March 2020. And uh, Biden yesterday also toned down his attacks on the unvaccinated. On testing, sir, you said we have to do better. But public health officials have been saying for months you need to surge rapid tests for just this moment. Is it a failure that you don't have an adequate amount of tests for everyone to be able to get one if they need one right now? No, it's not. Because COVID is spreading so rapidly. If you notice, it just it just happened almost overnight, just in the last month. All right. And the CDC releasing a new data that shows Omicron now accounts for 73 percent of the COVID cases here in the United States. It has taken over the Delta variant now in New York and New Jersey, the Midwest, the Southeast, the Gulf Coast and the Northwest. The Omicron variant now accounts for more than 90, 90 percent of the new cases. Hunter Biden is in the news again. This is an exclusive report done by the UK's Daily Mail. It finds the president's son, Hunter, allegedly did business with missing mom, Heidi Plank's fraudster boss. He was the director of the financial firm that pitched multi-million dollar deals to the president's son. Now, emails from Hunter Biden's Abandoned, yes, abandoned laptop show the president's son was in business with Jason Sugarman, the boss of missing accountant Heidi Plank. Plank, who is 39 years old, was last seen in L.A. back on October 17th. Sugarman was a director and key shareholder of Burnham Financial Group, which pitched a major deal to Hunter's Chinese business partners. That was back in 2015. Now, he, of course, is under investigation by the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, over a fraudulent scheme that swindled $43 million out of pension funds between 2014 and 2016. Now, Hunter's friend and business partner in his controversial deals with the Chinese, Devin Archer, was convicted back in 2018, you might remember, for his involvement in the $43 million 
uh, scheme here and emails obtained by the DailyMail.com show that Archer introduced Sugarman to Hunter's Chinese partner, Jonathan Lee, arranging a meeting in Beijing. So we're going to have a lot more on that for you. All right. Coming up on 528 here on 77 WABC, let's get an update from Joan Owen. Well, heading northbound on the Van Wyck at Hillside Avenue, apparently now a collision there. They are working on getting that out of the way. If you're traveling eastbound on the Jackie Robinson, there's an issue there with a crash. That also being cleared now on 78 in New Jersey on the eastbound side. The ramp to northbound Route 21, an overturned tractor trailer. Keeping an eye on that as of right now, not that big a deal delay-wise, but that ramp is shut down. So if you're trying to get to downtown Newark, use 22 this morning. Also, Trans Authority, there are delays on the Q trains. And alternate side of the street parking rules once again today are in effect. The support of service of Empire Blue Cross and Blue Shield. Empire Blue Cross, Blue Shield, and Heart of America helping schools across the country increase their access to healthy food. Learn more, empireblue.com slash nyliberty. I'm Joe Nolan, traffic on the 7th, Talk Radio 77, WABC. And your weather forecast, we have a 30% chance of this annoying rain until about 10 o'clock this morning. Cloudy skies early, then it clears Gradual clearing for a sunny afternoon. Today's high is 46, a mostly clear overnight and a low around 30. Well, before we go to the break, I want to tell you about actor Chris North. You may have heard about the uh, sexual assault allegations by three women earlier this week. And now his ex-girlfriend, Beverly Johnson, says she once filed to get a restraining order against North. Johnson claimed North punched her in the chest and ribs and allegedly made repeated threats to kill her. Now, these uh, court documents were obtained by page six. They reveal Johnson, who dated the actor from 1990 to 95, filed, filed for a temporary restraining order in Los Angeles Superior Court back in August of 90, 1995. And it was actually granted some more uh, more allegations against him. North recently accused of sexual assault by three women. All right, Deb Valentine in with your early news, Justin Ellick on sports, and Joe Nolan on traffic. Frank Diaz has your business report. More right after the break. Deb Valentine in with your early news. Here are the top five at 530. It's the top five at 530. All right, dire warnings about the new Omicron variant. The warnings from the nation's top infectious disease specialist and the head of the CDC. All right, a shocker yesterday from Democratic President Joe Biden. He actually praised former Republican President Donald Trump. And Democrats apparently are not done chewing up and spitting out U.S. Senator Joe Manchin out of West Virginia. They say they will play hardball to get him to vote for that $2 trillion Biden agenda bill back better. And New York City Mayor-elect Eric Adams is pushing back. He's already at odds with some New York City council members who don't want him to reinstate solitary confinement at Rikers Island Jail. And SNL fans, you probably don't want to hear this. SNL icon creator Lorne Michaels may be making his exodus after a half a decade on the show. All right, Omicron spreading like wildfire throughout the United States. Warnings from top health officials. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's top infectious disease expert, says Omicron, of course, the latest COVID-19 variant is spreading at an unprecedented rate. This is unprecedented to see this rapidity with which any individual virus spreads throughout the world. It is really extremely unusual. It's a doubling time of two to three days, closer to two days, 
which means that if you start off with a few percentage of the isolates being Omicron and you do the math and double that every couple of days, it's not surprising that just a week or two ago, we had only 8 to 10 percent. And now we have 73 percent of all the isolates are Omicron. So, yeah, the CD says it accounts for 73 percent of cases, as you heard Dr. Fauci say in the U.S., up from 12 percent the week before. Fauci's worried about the effects on the U.S. health system. There's a bit of good news here is that the symptoms with Omicron are usually more mild. And the head of the CDC, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, said people boosted are 20, 20 times less likely to die of COVID than unvaccinated people. We have had the first U.S.-based Omicron COVID-19 death recorded on Monday. It's an unvaccinated Texas man between the ages of 50 and 60. More than 250,000 COVID-19 cases recorded on Monday, the first time since early September that that mark was reached in New York, New Jersey, the Midwest, the Southeast, the Gulf Coast, the Northwest. And, of course, the Omicron variant now accounts for more than 90 percent of all of those cases. Well, this is certainly a switch. President Joe Biden actually praised former President Donald Trump on Tuesday. Biden praising Trump for going public with the news that he has received a COVID-19 booster shot. Biden credited the Trump administration, too, with helping roll out vaccines against the deadly virus. Let me be clear. Thanks to the prior administration and our scientific community, America is one of the first countries to get the vaccine. Thanks to my administration and the hard work of Americans, we led a rollout that made America among the world leaders in getting shots in arms. And Biden also said just the other day, former President Trump announced he had gotten his booster shot. Maybe one of the few things he and I agree on. Trump was at an event in Dallas Sunday with 77 WABC host Bill O'Reilly when he announced that, yes, he got a booster shot. And that caused boost from the crowd. Both the president and I are vaxxed. And uh, did you get the booster? Yes. I got it, too. Okay, so... Um, oh, don't, 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 no, no. That's all. It's a very tiny group of it. And the Trump administration helped develop three U.S.-approved COVID vaccines. The feds, you might remember, poured billions into research through Operation Warp Speed. Well, Democrats are turning up the heat on West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin, uh, well, of course, because of his promised no vote on President Biden's Build Back Better agenda, which has stalled the massive $2 trillion agenda. Manchin says, of course, he has already been harassed and targeted to wits end by White House staff. And now Dems are threatening to drive a wedge between Manchin and his many lower income constituents who stand to reap billions of dollars in federal benefits if the agenda passes. Now, among these benefits, an enhanced child tax credit, lower Medicare negotiated prescription drug prices and subsidies to cover the cost of child care. So now Democratic strategist Steve Jarding said Manchin is going to blow up the president's agenda. Jarding added, so I think you have to play hardball. But there are different ways to play hardball, Jarding added. Manchin is making them, Democrats is what he's referring to, look ineffective. And uh, on Sunday, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki released a blistering statement that took Manchin to task for backing out of what she said was a deal Biden thought he had agreed to back in October. Well, some uh, trouble between Eric Adams. He's not even sworn in yet as mayor of New York City, but he and the New York City are council already at odds. Now, Adams wants to reverse current Mayor Bill de Blasio's no solitary confinement policy at Rikers. 
Now 29 city council members are pushing a bill that would bar the practice of solitary confinement. Adams ripped into city council lawmakers on Tuesday. Adams said he's not going to be in a city where dangerous people assault innocent people, go to jail and assault more people. Adams told reporters that after an unrelated press conference right in front of Rockefeller Center. You cannot have a jail system where someone sexually assault a staffer, slash an inmate, and then say, it is all right, I'm going to give you an iPad and just hug you and say, don't do it again. All right, and we'll have more reaction to this from the New York City Correction Officers Union president momentarily. First, let's head over to Joe Nolan with a look at traffic and transit. Well, again, as you travel out there again this morning, uh, we now have a few problems out there, Debbie. Eastbound Jackie Robinson at Union Turnpike. There's a crash there, also an accident northbound on the Van Wyck at Hillside Avenue. But the worst of it in New Jersey, as you travel eastbound on 78, the ramp to northbound Route 21, an overturned tractor trailer. That ramp is shut down. We're starting to pick up some delays on 78 heading eastbound. Mass transit looks to be pretty good, though, at this point, at least. Just uh, got a good look at all the subways, and everybody seems to be right on our closest schedule. And alternate side of the street parking rules and regulations once again today are in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic Talk Radio 76. W-A-B-C. Your weather forecast, a 30% chance of rain until about 10 this morning. Cloudy skies give way to sunshine by this afternoon. Today's high is 46, mostly clear. Overnight, the low dips down to 30. Well, the New York City Correction Officers Union President Benny Bosco uh, is praising New York City incoming Mayor Eric Adams' stance on doing uh actually uh, putting solitary confinement back in place at Rikers and uh, here's what he said on Cats at Night it was truly a breath of fresh air to see him at that press conference and say these things that you know us as law enforcement officers will finally be supported um by our mayor by our city you know he gets it he he's a law former law enforcement officer of 20 years um and he gets it and much of this debate over the practice on solitary erupted because of the infamous Khalif Browder case. He committed suicide in 2015 following a three-year stint at Rikers, including two years in solitary for allegedly stealing only a backpack. And uh, the Bronx DA ultimately dropped those charges. Well, SNL fans, you probably don't want to hear this. SNL creator Lorne Michaels may be leaving the show that he created. Michaels says... I have a feeling that it would be a really good time to leave after the show's 50th anniversary season. Now, that's not till 2024. Michael's now 77 years old. He's been with a show he created since 1975. And, of course, Michael's has worked with comedy legends like John Belushi and Chevy Chase. He launched the careers of people like Bill Murray and Tina Fey. He made the comments about retiring while speaking with Gail King on CBS This Morning. I won't want the show ever to be bad. I care too deeply about it. It's been my life's work. So I'm going to do everything I can to see it carry on and carry on uh, well. Could there be a Saturday Night Live without Lauren Michaels? Yeah, of course. All right. So Michaels made these comments days after the hit NBC show forced to close its doors to audiences all over concern about the rapidly spelling, spreading Omicron COVID-19 variant. 
Well, shouts of let's go Brandon disrupted Democratic House Speaker Nancy Pelosi yesterday. Now, this this uh, happened as she promoted President Joe Biden's doomed $2 trillion Build Back Better agenda in San Francisco. This is, this is it. So, in any case, Mark, Mark I hope he's not one of my constituents. (laughs) Now, as you know, let's go. Brandon is an insult to the president. It means F Joe Biden, often used by those on the right and others, too. Pelosi seemed to be taken aback to the comment for a moment. She didn't even bother to acknowledge the remark. Her office has not responded to an email after hours seeking comment. So that whole phrase, a lot of people have, uh, you know, asked, how did this start? Well, the Let's Go Brandon phrase began at an October 2nd NASCAR race at the Talladega Super Speedway out in Alabama. Brandon Brown, a 28 years old driver, had won his first Xfinity series, and he was being interviewed by a sports reporter. The crowd behind him was chanting something at first that was hard to make out, and the reporter suggested they were actually chanting, let's go Brandon, to cheer the driver, but it became increasingly clear they were saying, F Joe Biden. Well, more trouble for Nancy Pelosi. She is also facing pushback from some members of her own party for defending the practice of members of Congress trading stocks while in office. When asked about a Business Insider report finding that dozens of lawmakers and staff had violated a law to prevent insider trading, Pelosi last week said they should all abide by disclosure laws, but maintain that we are a free market economy. They should be able to participate in that. And uh, she has said she doesn't own stock and her wealth is in the market traded by her husband. Well, some new census data is out, and it actually finds that the U.S. population grew at its slowest rate ever during the viral pandemic. Birth rates and immigration both declined during that time period. Now, what we're talking about is the 12 months to July 1, the U.S. population dipped to its lowest level since the nation's founding. The population grew by only 0.1% from July 2020 to July of 2021. But since then, immigration has since surged in the latter half of 2021, driven by illegal border crossings under the Biden administration. The portion of the U.S. population that is foreign born is now at its highest level in some 111 years. Well, you may have heard a lot about these uh, allegations against fired CNN producer John Griffin. Of course, he worked for Chris Cuomo, who's also out at the network. The latest on John Griffin, the 44-year-old producer for Chris Cuomo, of course, accused of sex crimes against young girls. Now, prosecutors are alleging Griffin tried to bribe witnesses, allegedly bragged about training young girls as young as seven, Now, prosecutors also claim that he offered a woman $30,000 for a mother-daughter getaway with him, according to court documents. Now, among these allegations and these documents that Griffin, who's a data three, allegedly sexually abused a nine-year-old girl after paying her mother $3,300 to travel cross-country to stay at his ski home. Now, drone footage has been found. It allegedly showed the girl standing completely naked next to underwear-clad Griffin in his yard in Vermont. 
Now, Griffin allegedly later sent the girl's relative 4000 bucks in an apparent attempt to buy a silence. The girl's mother was arrested uh, back in August of 2020 on counts of child abuse, sexual assault against a child under 14, and lewdness with a minor under 14. And uh, Griffin, of course, arrested earlier this month after being indicted by a grand jury. The indictment includes three counts of using a facility of interstate commerce to attempt to entice minors. And uh, U.S. Attorney for the District of Vermont on Monday filed a motion for detention asking a judge to keep Griffin in jail pending trial. All right, 545 here at 77 WABC. Deb Valentine in with your early news. And Justin Ellix joins us now with a look at sports. What's going on? Yes, I have joined you, Deb. Thank you. I am here with your early news sports update with what's got to be one of the longest weeks in league history. The NFL's Week 15 finally came to a close last night. The Seahawks were unable to pull off the upset in Los Angeles against the Rams as wide receiver Cooper Cup continued to set the world on fire with his nine catches for 136 yards and two touchdowns. Behind that Stafford to Cup connection, the Rams were eventually able to pull away for a 20-10 to victory at home. To South Philadelphia we go, where a tale of two halves saw the Eagles fall down 10 nothing early to a decimated Washington football team propelled by journeyman and career practice squad quarterback Garrett Gilbert. The Boobirds at Lincoln Financial Field would eventually knock the Eagles into shape as that 10 nothing deficit quickly turned into a 10-point lead by the end of the third quarter. The Birds continued to dominate the ground game behind Miles Sanders' 18 carries for 131 yards. They've gone seven straight games with 175 rushing yards or more and shown no signs of slowing down. It's been nearly 40 years since the Chicago Bears were the last NFL team to reach that mark during the 1985 season. Since the Nets game against the Washington Wizards was postponed last night and hockey is shut down until after Christmas, the Knicks were the only show in town as they battled the Detroit Pistons at the Garden. The duo of Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier proved to pack a big punch, and 21 points from Julius Randle didn't hurt either, and route to a 105-91 Knicks win. The moment Mets fans have been waiting for. Shiny brand-new manager Buck Showalter was introduced by team president Sandy Alderson last evening via a Zoom press conference. Here's what Buck had to say about his new gig. The Mets are very precious to him. Uh, the fans, uh, they're precious to me. The things, it's a, it's a great charge to keep that, that we have ahead of us. And uh, it's going to be a priority, you know, from day one to put a product out there that everybody can be proud of. You know, there's going to be people when we're on the West Coast uh, staying up to 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning to see how the Mets did or do. And, you know, I just want everybody to embrace that responsibility. We'll see if Showalter is the missing piece Steve Cohen has been looking for. Back to the NBA for one second. Commissioner Adam Silver has told ESPN that he has no plans to put the season on hold amid recent COVID-19 surges. The NHL is the only major sports league to do so thus far as they will return to play on December 27th. Let's hope for the best in that regard. With your early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Justin. Let's head over to Joe Nolan with a look at traffic and transit. Well, on the Van White, as you travel northbound at Hillside Avenue, there's a crash there that's being cleared. Also on the Jackie Robinson at Union Turnpike, you've got an accident there as well, and it is actually quite slow getting through there. Van Wyke itself, though, mentioning again at Hillside Avenue that crash, it is uh, pretty heavy now as you come away from Kennedy Airport up to where the crash is. Now, eastbound in New Jersey, 
Thursday, 78, the ramp to northbound Route 21 in Newark. There is that overturned tractor trailer. That ramp is shut down. And alternate side of the street parking rules and regulations once again today are going to be in effect. The support of service of Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield, Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield, and Heart of America are helping schools across the country increase their access to healthy food. Learn more, empireblue.com slash nyliberty. I'm Joe Nolan, Traffic on the 7s, Talk Radio 77, WABC. All right, thanks, Joe. And taking a look at your weather now, there's a 30% chance of this annoying drizzle. It's about 10 this morning. Cloudy skies early, then it clears. Today's high is 46. Mostly clear overnight. The low is down to 30. Well, we've been uh, seeing the market uh, tank a little bit in the past couple of days. Frank Diaz is here with your business report. Hey, Deb. So, yeah, there's a lot of volatility the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, just all over the place. You know, for example, stocks are higher uh, today after Wall Street, after three days of losses brought on by worries over the spread of Omicron and lingering concerns about inflation. The S&P 500 rose about a percent and a half. Dow Jones also a percent and a half. And the Nasdaq rose 1.7%. Small company stocks rose more than the rest of the market, a signal that investors were feeling a bit more optimistic about the economy. Prices for ultra-safe U.S. government bonds fell, sending some yields higher. Energy prices also rose. Nike, surprisingly, one of the 30 stocks in the Dow jumped about 6% after turning in strong quarterly results because I guess people are buying sneakers. Some not-so-good news. The Omicron variant is unleashing a fresh round of fear and uncertainty for travelers, shoppers, and partygoers, people going to bars. You know the drill. Everybody who wants to go out because uh, the economy, you know, it's just it's really affecting the economy, apparently. Well, the Rockettes have canceled their Christmas show in New York. London restaurants have emptied out. Uh, Broadway shows, also a lot of them were canceled ahead of Christmas. The NHL, as we know, suspended its games until after Christmas. And uh, also, Boston plans to require diners, revelers, and shoppers to show proof of vaccination to enter restaurants, bars, and stores. The heightened sense of anxiety has begun to erode the willingness of some people and some businesses to carry on as usual in the face of Omicron, which has become the dominant version of the virus in the United States, which amounts to roughly 73%, I I believe the number is. So, Deb, you want to time travel? Oh, I would love to time travel. I'd like to go back to maybe the 1880s and be very wealthy in New York and be a, a socialite. Good, because then your grandkids and everybody would, you know, uh, your whole family be rich for the rest of their lives, essentially. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But um, Well, where would you travel to? Uh, I would probably, I would love to go to like the late 60s and just see all the great music that was then. So Go to know, Woodstock. Woodstock, exactly. Exactly. Well, NASA's new James Webb Space Telescope could possibly make you uh, see time from a different perspective, at least as far as how the universe was created. The telescope is launching later this month, becoming the most powerful telescope in space. The $10 billion project is scheduled to launch on Christmas Day after a few delays, and it's designed to see objects roughly 10 10 to 100 times farther than what the Hubble Space Telescope can see, according to a NASA fact sheet. It's going to set up about 1 million miles from Earth to start sending pictures of whatever is out there. So aliens, black holes, supernovas, anything you could think of. The Hubble itself launched into low Earth orbit around April of 1990. The last three decades, the famous observatory has expanded our view of the cosmos and held our attention with all those beautiful pictures of space you see all over the Internet. So when is this supposed to start? Uh, Well, it's launching in... December. It's, it's launching Christmas Day, and the pictures. Anything. Uh, I didn't get a, a clear 
date, but at some time in the middle of next year, once it reaches its one million mile uh, holding point. Wow. We'll see if they find any spaceships I'd out love there. to know aliens. if there are aliens God out there. Knows. Frank oh, Morano, come no. back. Yes. we got to talk to Frank about this. Well, uh, Omicron has thrown a monkey wrench as well into uh, incoming New York City Mayor-elect Eric Adams' plans for his big inaugural celebration. Of course, that was planned for January 1st. He has postponed it. It was planned for Brooklyn's historic King's Theater. He says it's due to rising COVID-19 cases, of course, driven by the Omicron variant. And he made that announcement in a press release along with city comptroller-elect Brad Lander and re-elected public advocate Jamani Williams. And the trio says the inaugural event will be held at a later date. And they also said that health and safety must come first. Adams, Lander, and Williams all saying we encourage all New Yorkers to get vaccinated, get boosted, and to get tested. Now, Staten Island Republican Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis has tested positive for COVID. The Assemblywoman turned Congresswoman is said to have just mild symptoms, though. She's the fifth member of Congress to test positive, and uh, she is vaccinated, but she has not yet received her booster. She's resting at home. And uh, there, of course, is a lot of talk around town about uh, lockdowns due to the Omicron variant. But New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio said on Tuesday uh, that uh, it's not going to happen. He reinforced his pledge not to impose a new COVID-19 lockdown, similar to what we saw at the start of the pandemic. He also announced a $100 incentive for people in the five boroughs to get their booster shot. Limited time opportunity, but exactly the time we need New Yorkers to go out and get their booster. This will be by far the biggest booster incentive program in the United States of America. And I want to see New Yorkers respond. This is the moment. Come out in real big numbers. Get those booster shots and help make your family safer and help make this whole city safer. All right. So in time for the holidays, Mayor de Blasio announcing a 100 bucks to people who Get their booster, $100 incentive being offered at any city-run vaccination site. But this is only until the end of the year, December 31st. And, of course, there's a full list of all these vaccination sites on the New York City government website, nyc.gov. And here's actually what the mayor said about uh, no more lockdowns. He said, adamantly, I feel this, no more shutdowns. We've been through them. They were devastating. We can't go through them again, he said in a City Hall virtual press briefing, not shutdowns, because that would devastate the lives of New Yorkers. Well, a physics professor at City College up in Harlem discovered a box. And guess what was inside? $180,000 in cash. Wouldn't you love to find that, especially during the holidays? Well, the donation had been left in the school's mailroom for over a year, City College up in Harlem. And it was actually sent from an anonymous donor. And it was actually found by City College professor Dr. Vinod Menon. It was actually sent in 2020 to City College up in Harlem from that anonymous donor. Now, the donor had previously studied mathematics and physics at City College in New York City. And there's actually a note attached to that box of $180,000 in cash. The letter mentioned that the person behind the donation was grateful for the excellent educational opportunity of being a student at City College. 
And uh, the people who looked into this did say that the money apparently is not tied to any kind of criminal activity. It was taken out of multiple banks in Maryland throughout the last few years. So what a what a great find for that city college and, and education. Now, meanwhile, the Met Metropolitan Museum of Art said Tuesday that it would limit attendance to roughly 10,000 visitors per day. And it is, of course, because of the highly, yes, you guessed it, infectious Omicron variant. And uh, during a normal holiday season, the Met would expect nearly twice as many visitors. And uh, this comes after another major institution. The Baltimore Museum of Art said that it was closing its galleries through December 29th because of an increase in positive coronavirus tests. All right, we're going to um, give you an update on the trial of Minnesota Police Officer Kim Potter right after we head over to Joe Nolan with a look at traffic and transit. All right, Deb, first of all, Merry Christmas. Because this oh, well, is my, I'm off you. the rest Did of the you week. Did you buy me so. anything? Uh, I mean, no. I, I can drive down to your house and pick up yeah. the gift. I know the delivery services are busy right now. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what it is. It hasn't <laughs> arrived yet. Oh dear! All right, here we go. Eastbound on 78, the local lanes at exit 57 again on that off ramp and overturned tractor trailer. That'll continue now. Eastbound on 78 at the Bruckner Expressway. I'm sorry, Eastbound 278, which is the Bruckner Expressway heading on the northbound side between 149th Street and the Sheridan. All lanes are closed, and again, that because of a pretty bad accident accident heading in that direction. Now, we also have problems on the Van White northbound at Hillside Avenue with a crash. Mass transit seems to be in pretty good shape, an alternate side of the street parking once again today in effect. The support of service of Empire Blue Cross and Blue Shield. Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield and Heart of America helping schools across the country increase their access to healthy food. Learn more empireblue.com slash nyliberty. I'm Joe Nolan. Traffic on the 7's Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, and Merry Christmas, Joe. You don't have to get me anything, of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right, better to give than receive. All right, this annoying rain should end by about 10 o'clock. It will clear this afternoon. The high 46, mostly clear tonight. The low is down to 30. Well, could we have a jury deadlock in the trial of former Minnesota cop Kim Potter? Now, jurors yesterday asked the judge what to do if they can't come to a unanimous decision after deliberating for more than 13 hours. Jurors sent Judge Regina Chu two questions yesterday. The first was, if the jury cannot reach consensus, what is the guidance around how long and what steps should be taken? Judge Chu responded by rereading the instructions she gave the jury following closing arguments the previous day. You should not hesitate to re-examine your views and change your opinion if you become convinced they are erroneous. But you should not surrender your honest opinion simply because other jurors disagree or merely to reach a verdict. Now, the jury also asked whether they could remove the zip ties on Potter's gun in the evidence box to more easily examine it. Chu allowed them access to that gun before instructing them to continue deliberating. Of course, as you might know, the police officer Potter accused of shooting and killing Dante Wright, a black man during a traffic stop. And she claims she meant to actually use her taser. All right, Deb Valentine in with the early news and uh, Bernie and Sid on vacation through January 3rd. But I saw Russ Salzberg milling about in the hallway. He'll be in for Bernie and Sid. 
and uh, have a great Wednesday. Of course, hump day. We'll be back with the early news bright and early tomorrow morning at 5. Have a great day.